Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. Um, today on our show, we have uh, Josh Ferris. A little bit later, we're going to talk about some cable news stuff. Um, and today we also have a friend in the studio, Phyllis T. She's sitting in with me, and we're going to have a little discussion about some things. Or mainly I'm going to talk. She may not even talk at all. Who knows? The current weather is 26 degrees in Harrisburg. It's been very cold. My furnace is working. I've had some furnace issues, but thankfully it's working, and thankfully it's not zero degrees. And um, Phyllis, who is a native Buffalonian, is that the right term? Yes. Says it's uh, reaching record lows up there. Is that correct? Uh, an average uh, 11 degree temperature for the month of February. Yeah, and that's a record. That's broke the old record. That I can imagine there's probably a lot of deaths up there too because of furnaces breaking and fires and stuff like that. Um, no idea. Who knows? But um, it's important that we're talking about weather because I want to talk about climate change in a little bit. But I do have some big news. New news, folks that know me on a personal level may be waiting for this announcement, may know this already. Um, I have gotten a new roommate. Um, now, it's pretty exciting. The roommate is completely dependent on me and my wife. Um, very little personality, but you know, very cute, very cute. Um, basically com com uh, complains throughout the night, which is, uh, can some can be a little bit annoying, but uh, you know this has caused some sleep deprivation for myself, uh, more so for my wife. So that's why we've had a little bit of time uh, to get the show, the next show uh, up, um, this current show. Um, he has had some bathroom problems, which uh, unfortunately I have to clean up. Um, but he, you know, he's completely dependent. And uh, what I'm getting at is, so far he's not the best roommate. But um, given what I've described, it is odd that uh, I do end up showering him with a lot of kisses over his face, and um, obviously, this is a baby. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I don't even think he's aware that he has limbs or, you know, who knows how far he can see. So, uh, you know, babies are cute, but as we know, babies are also boring. So, I'll stop talking about that. Any thoughts, uh, Phyllis, on babies being boring? That's blasphemy. Fair enough. Okay. Every mother knows her baby is not boring. Well, that uh, that may be that may be true. But, anyways, I am playing some new music uh, throughout the show in the background. Stuff I've been recording for a while. Um, I've been having some recording issues, namely latency. Meaning when I record, I hit a button. I'm trying to put some drum tracks down or something like that. That there's a delay which causes problems. So I probably need to get some new equipment. But given that I have a new roommate that is costing me money. That new equipment is going to take some time, probably, if never going to happen. So, uh, anyways, if you like the new music, uh, that's good. If not, So I wanted to talk about this, uh, before I get to Josh um, and further on with the program, I read this article in the New York Times by Justin Gillis and John Schwartz on February 21st about this uh, 
snake oil salesman. That's probably not the right term. Uh, so it's about climate change. And let me just uh, read a little bit of it here. So here's what they say. Uh, and this is a shout out to Greenpeace, too. They kind of got this information out. But for years, politicians wanting to block legislation on climate change have bolstered their arguments by pointing to the work of a handful of scientists who claim that greenhouse gases pose little risk to humanity. One of the names that they invoke most often is Wei Hock Soon, known as Willie, a scientist at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, who claims that variations in the sun's energy can largely explain recent global warming. He has often appeared on conservative news programs, testified before Congress and in state capitals, and starred at conferences of people who deny the risks of global warming. But, now here's what's great about this little article, newly released documents show the extent to which Dr. Soon's work has been tied to funding he received from corporate interests. Obviously, that's why he's doing this. So the article goes on to say he's received $1.2 million in money from fossil fuel industry over the last decade while failing to disclose that conflict of interest. I mean, I could get a lot of nice recording equipment and not have the problems I'm having if I got that. He's had at least 11 papers he's published since 2008. Um, and he describes these papers in correspondence to his corporate funders as deliverables that he, you know, this is gonna be a good uh, paper that, 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 that for, for your side of the debate. Um, he received 230000 230, from Charles G. Koch. You know, the Koch brothers, they get a lot of their money from oil refining. Um, and even though he's described as a Harvard astrophysicist, Dr. Soon is not an astrophysicist and has never been employed by Harvard. <laughs> um, he's a part-time employee of the Smithsonian and has a doctorate degree in aerospace and engineering. Um, this, I just found this article fascinating because, uh, you know, it's, it's there. People uh, read about it. I don't know how much stock they put into, you know, they always, there's this other side of the debate going on that the climate change isn't real. But this guy's getting paid, you know, a million dollars to lie. Phyllis, what did you think of this article? Did you read this article? Didn't read it. Fascinating, though. Any thoughts on people being paid? Now, would you, now would you take one point two million dollars, even if it did risk civilization? Certainly not. See, I think I I think I might because, uh, um, y you know, it's when you're getting all that money, I can see the temptation there. But this guy's a scientist; he's probably making a pretty penny. I'm sure he's not uh, he's not making a janitor's wage or a nurse's aide's wage. Um, so you know. The, the motivation there, I, people like. Do you think people like this should be thrown in prison? Well, no. Maybe not thrown Perhaps in prison. Just uh, lose their position. Or or the relationship uh, exposed to the Koch brothers, etc. Right. Right. Um, so I, I just wanted to do a little echoing of the New York Times uh, story there. This was something that was done by uh, the uh, Greenpeace did an F, what do you call it, a Freedom of Information Act, and they kind of uncovered this stuff. So uh, I think that's a good thing to expose that. Um, I want to get on to the rest of the show here. Uh, by the way, if people have any questions or concerns, they can email the show at prcshow at gmail.com. 
prcshow at gmail.com. And the sponsor this week is a book that I have not read, like all the other books that I own that haven't read. And it is a, but, but Phyllis T has read. Um, and the book is called Countdown City. And I want to talk to Phyllis for a minute about this. But the, this book is the second book in a trilogy. It is a, uh, Ben Winters wrote this sci-fi detective book. But um, I don't want to spoil the plot in this book. But the first book is called The Last Policeman. And this one, Countdown City, leaves where that one left off, I guess. And how would you describe the first book, Phyllis? Um, the action takes place in the future, although... Um, like the near future. The near future. Uh, it's the world described feels very contemporary. Yeah. Uh, the novel is classified as science fiction, but in, but but it reads like a mystery novel. Yeah, there's not... Um, the blurb here set, describes... There are just 77 days to go before a deadly asteroid collides with Earth, and Detective Hank Pallas is out of a job. Right, right. That's for the that's for the second book. Um, the first one is uh, a quick read. It's I recommend it. Um, I hear the second one is not as good, but then the third one I hear is like a big bigger payoff or a better book. So I've been delayed to re reading the second one. Um, it's really a true mystery in a sense of uh, the, this, this detective. There's a murder that takes place, at least in the first book. And, um, you know, there's some stuff with his family and the different characters. And the sci-fi is very light. It's just the sci The only aspect of sci-fi is an asteroid's coming to um, the planet Earth and going to destroy it in, you know, several months. Um, and um, what do we as human beings owe to one another... What does it mean to be civilized when civilization is collapsing all around you? Right, and that's, I guess, the sci-fi part that's kind of cool, seeing, like, what would happen. And it, it, the first book, some of the stuff does seem believable. Like, this is kind of how it would go down. Um, thoughts on the second book and first book, Phyllis? Uh, first book was um, a very compelling, fast read, which highly recommend. Uh recommended by Nancy Pearl of NPR and that's good enough for most of us yep um, not sure who this, she is but... uh, the first um, novel was a, a um, I believe a winner of the Philip K. Dick award um, second novel uh, not quite as good but um, holds up well enough um, and uh, it's it, it, I was interested in enough to um, to go on to the third, in which uh, which seems a little tighter and uh, pulls certain things together that were um, that that, that uh, you know were, were kind of left hanging in the second novel. Would you, would you say the third is better than the second? Um, yeah, or at least I mean more, uh, more little, a little uh, a little more satisfying. Um, Okay. So, and uh, I, I pretty much like the idea of, of the trilogy. It works. I mean, and, um, yeah, and these aren't, these books aren't long. They're 200 and, or 300 pages, so.
Should we invest 900 words, 900 pages into these? Sure. And uh, I mean, it's uh, it reads, they read quickly. It's not real heavy. Uh, but he is grappling with some um, pretty compelling uh, ideas. Um, what happens when people believe the world is uh, going to end in the next six months? Um, people abandon their jobs. Right. Um, civilization begins to unwind at a very rapid pace. Um, what happens when the police walk off their jobs? Um, and, uh, and, and, and there's um, policing falls to some version of the nat- National Guard uh, who, who are, are just trying to tamp things down and um, maintain some kind of order. Uh, who decides to stay with their job? As in um, the, the detective in the story who, who against all odds is continuing to kind of carry on as a detective and solve um, what he believes is a murder. Right, right. And, and it's what's kind of interesting to me is he's he's this guy that always wanted to be a detective, and then he gets this opportunity when society starts to break down. Okay, sure, kid, you can do this. I mean, he takes it super seriously, and that's his, like, uh, that, that's where he finds meaning in life or whatever. And he's got an interesting backstory, too, which is believable and compelling, I would say, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so th- that's our uh, sponsor this week, Countdown City by Ben Winters. I guess I would say, uh, you know, go buy this book at a used bookstore, read it. Um, but you got to read the first. I mean, you can't just read this right off. You could, this doesn't hold up by itself. Got to read the. Um, you got to read the last policeman movie. first. This isn't like you can't just jump in. It would be pretty strange, probably, and just not as, not as good. Read the first. You'll want to read the. Read others. the last policeman, which I have read, and then read Countdown City, and then maybe we can have a little book discussion on the show. Um, okay. Now we're going to have our musical break with a song by Monsters of Folk called "Ahead of the Curve." This is the super group of Connor Oberst, Jim James, Mike Mogus, M. Ward, Will Johnson. These are people from the band, uh, well, Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes, Jim James from My Morning Jacket, M. Ward is like a solo artist. Um, really like this song off their album. I think it's the ninth track. So we're going to play this and then this 2009 track. Then uh, we're going to have a talk with uh, Josh. Ferris. Enjoy. Another perfect day. They keep piling up. I got happiness that I can maintain. Some beginner's love. I had shoes to fill Walking barefoot now Can't tell north from south But no split hairs gonna get me down now Staying above the flat line I'm ahead of the curve Take a piece of the sunshine with me On a red eye flight to another world It isn't any trouble Wanna come with me? I know it's out of the question, honey, but I sure could use the company. 
You guys decided – I know you were thinking of going to that guy's house and stuff, but – Yeah, no, we didn't, like, pull that together. I mean, I got, like, drunk. Um, yeah, because your tolerance got, like, is a lot lower. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I'm, like, fucked up. So it's interesting. Like, Sean – so we all left at, like, 1. Uh-huh. Sean, Sammer, and I. And we, like, grabbed a cab and went back home. And then when we got back to our house, like, Sammer's neighbors, like, stopped by. And then we ended up, like, drinking until, like, 3.30. And then we, like – opened up this bottle of whiskey and like oh wow that for <laughs> oh my god yeah so yeah it was like a, it was like the next day i was like feeling rough yeah yeah i've uh yeah i don't know i i i, I almost want to go to the doctors because i think my tolerance is so low i don't know what's going on that there might be some sort i don't of really know, deficiency. know if healthcare dollars need to be spent on that well that's a good point I, but i uh <laughs> i was telling she kind of said the same thing i was saying like 
man, I just get a headache like uh, several hours after drinking before I go to bed. I wonder if I have some sort of enzyme deficiency or something with metabolizing alcohol because I used to be able to just drink like, you know. Or maybe you're just getting old. I don't want to hear that. That's yeah. I'm not like 83. I just love it how you're like. I think there must be something. We need to spend countless healthcare dollars on well, figuring uh, yeah. out that I'm aging. It's. I don't think it's just aging. Okay, so um, uh, you're still a little louder. I'm gonna just turn this down a little bit. Um, so you don't know who Megan Kelly is. I don't. I think I have an idea. I think she's like a like one of those sort of like pretty like you know low cut top women. Um. Yeah, she's uh, she's on Fox News. She's an anchor. And yeah. So I wanted. And I, they they have some like sex bombs as anchors, right? Sex bombs. What? Like they they pick like hot anchors. Yeah. Like. The women are like it's like that's why like on Thirty Rock Avery Jessup is is uh, she's like the right wing she's like the right wing news anchor and she's like a fox. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so Megan Kelly, I don't know, but Thirty Rock. So Megan Kelly, yeah, she she is on Fox News. She's one of the anchors, and she has sort of risen up through the ranks and now is uh, now with that like nine o'clock spot or before Bill O'Reilly or right after Bill okay. O'Reilly. And she's actually um, like kicks Hannity out of his slot and she's becoming very, very popular. She, okay. there, there was a um, New York times article in the, in the Sunday magazine about her, a really lengthy piece about like sort of her rise and her, how she, what, what she's contributing to Fox. And, she is like a blonde, um, very attractive, con conventionally beautiful. I mean, she's not my type, but she's conventionally pretty. Um, and uh, she is getting the, – the whole piece of the article was having these uh, – I guess it's called her Megan moments. And she's basically – she's conservative. I mean, like, if you watch her show, you're going to – you know, if, particularly if you've never watched it, you would see that, like, okay, this is just, like, a very conservative person. But sometimes she will, like, push the buttons or take issue with some of her guests that are conservative. Like, the, her, her first, like, Megan moment was when – and you may remember this, but uh, it was when the 2012 election, she had – she was there – calling the, the the returns and Carl Rove was next to her on the screen or whatever mm -hmm. and he was saying like well Ohio still might be for Romney and mm -hmm. and she was like okay that's like crazy like he Obama's clearly going to win Ohio and and, and Rove just kept going on and on and she kind of gave pushback and was like okay you're crazy like like and it was like oh my god a Fox News person making fun of you know uh, Carl Rove it's such such a wild and exotic thing to do so it, it was like uh -huh. see we have you know and it, it kind of helps give the the news network a little legitimacy that she does um throw a curveball every once in a while then she had yeah. this thing where one of the right-wing commentators was complaining about child care or giving her a little uh maternity leave giving her some uh scuff for being you know taking maternity right. leave. and she got and she real was like not a nazi and she was well yeah and she was like a mother should bond with their child and, you know, uh, you know, having some time off, 
um, uh-huh. and really kind of going at this guy hard. And it, she almost sounded like a progressive. This made the this made it on. Uh, John Stewart actually did a brilliant job of like showing her talk about this, and then showing a bunch of other clips of her like kind of contradicting herself in terms of right you know right, right, uh, right. benefits and and uh, childcare plans and all that stuff. But it was sort of like okay, Megan's right on that issue. And I think for that for that moment, she yeah, was nice. for that she moment, was and, yeah. and there's like these moments pop up every once in a while where she's sort of okay. T- so okay. she's she's like trying to play the you know like because that that was Bill O'Reilly's original role, right? He was sort of like rogue, or he like sort of yeah. Um, he was independent and would do things like yeah, I think he was the original Fox News guy who was sort of okay with like gay adoption and stuff yeah. like that, right? So mm. it's like, oh man, right? It's an actual new J- agency, not like a propaganda. Mill. Yeah, and and you know I don't necessarily want to critique. Uh, or, I, I don't. The que- I'm going to ask you a question here that I need you to. I okay. Wait. I want your opinion weighed in on this, but just to kind of put a button on her thing, like so, she is. Um, that was a weird thing to say. Put a button on her thing, <laughs> but but just to 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 put it in perspective, she is right wing. I mean, she's very conservative, and these moments happen. Yeah, I believe that. Uh-huh. These moments don't happen very often. Um, okay. She sure. just seems to be intelligent and can sometimes see through like the brainwashed uh, conservative line, and she will just like give some pushback every once in a while. But on the whole, she toes the conservative line. I mean. It, is in her bones, you know, a conservative, um, mm-hmm. is misinforming the public on a day-to-day basis, is choosing okay. stories. I get it. Yeah. Well, this is important, though. She's choosing stories that are not good for um, the American public, for people to see, and brainwashing people into, you know, if they choose to, like, just sit there passively and watch her and, and, and not question things. And so what's bad about this also is because she does do, every once in a while says something that's like not conventional for that network it, it kind of adds some legitimacy to her so here's my thing that i said the other day to my wife and we disagreed and i want you to see who was right and who was wrong okay so and don't don't okay don't tell me what your wife said okay yeah tell me later uh, um, let me respond without influence well Mm, that's kind of hard to do. I mean, it's just like okay, it's it's, it's okay, just fine. either you it's it's either it's either you take you're on my side or um, her that's side. Great. If there's anything I love, it's a well, black and white argument. Yeah, well, it's not a black. Well, here, here's here's the thing. So she has been uh, so she's living this privileged life. You know, I was like wondering, like, what? How much does she make? Like, probably you know, several hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, whatever to be this anchor. She lives in New York City. And the article says, like, you know, her and her husband, her second husband, they have a couple kids or a kid or two, I don't know. Anyways, they go out, they live in the Upper West Side, and that's not typically, I guess, a Fox News type of people that are up there. So when they're out to dinner sometimes, it can be awkward and people can – it can be, like, unpleasant, uh, you know, dinner conversation. And I'm just like, okay, good. She should feel uncomfortable for, you know, being uh, a propaganda m- mouthpiece for the – for the enemy. Um, but uh, so I said to my wife, I said, you know, it, it's, when I was reading the article, I was sort of reading it out loud, and it turns out she was divorced. And I said, I really hope she had a horrible divorce. <laughs> because yeah. I just want her to like suffer, or, you know, and I didn't say, I hope that she gets a very painful cancer and that she dies horribly. I didn't say, 
Um, I hope her kids die. You know, I didn't say like a lot of horrible things. I yeah. just I just sort of said that because everything's just going going so going so great for this woman, and I, I don't know what it was. I just said it, and she says, "Oh, Paul, that's that's terrible. How dare you say that?" And my thinking is, okay. I mean, what's wrong with uh, wishing? I mean, it's probably not good karma to wish ill will on people. I mean, this is something that happened in the past. You don't believe in karma. I really don't. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like one percent of me does, I guess maybe. No, I don't. Okay. I actually don't. So, is it wrong to think ill thoughts or about? No. Okay. Why do you say that? No. Well, first off, of course. I mean, the the politics of sight. Of course, I want terrible things to happen to her. You know, like <laughs> oh, I, like as I do, like any like uh, right winger. You know. Yeah. Um, also, it's just like when rich people get a divorce, that means their wealth is transferred away from them, even like even a small percentage of it. And I'm OK with that. Yeah. You know, it's like, good. I'm like, OK, with like rich people to have like parts of their lives dismantled, you know. Um, and and it's like I mean, I just like have no sympathy for these these like charlatans masquerading as journalists right right you know it's like you are not like give me a break right like no um i you know i i just no i have no problem with i have no problem with you wishing that she had like a troubled divorce yeah yeah and and it's not like um it sounds like you would go a step further though in the sense of you know even worse things I, you'd have no problem oh i mean you probably would too i think all rich people should have their wealth taken from well them. no no but in terms of like pain <laughs> pain and suffering oh yeah wealth i would hope she would lose all our money in the some sort of stock well, market in her robbed. that would be pain and suffering right you know yeah that's can you true. imagine right i just i just looked her up so i could see a picture of her while we were talking yeah it says she makes six million dollars a year disgusting you know? yeah yeah so in uh, with a net worth of fifteen million, and now I and she does knows, harmful things. Wrong, Last whatever. night I had to place a tube in an eighty-three-year-old, three-year-old man's penis, and mm, gently then terrible. wipe his butt. <laughs> and I'm I don't it was gently, yeah, because that was you elected to do it gently. You did, you were not mandated to do it gently. So well, that, you try to be nice to these people, yeah. But uh, uh, I don't get six million a year for doing that. No, um, no, no. Um, and so I guess all I'm saying is, is like, yeah, I don't like this. This, I mean, her her joy in life is the fact that she's like in the spotlight all the time, right? It's and just uh, getting all the attention she can. So it's like the most hurt you could ever do from her is probably like take the camera off of her. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I have no. Yeah. I hope well, it, it's it's the it's the also the argument is like these. Folks that are bad politically or doing harm to the world, it's like they're part of the system. So do we want to actually hurt them personally? Like ultimately, no. We don't want to hurt George Bush personally or uh, Karl Rove or whatever. We want to change the system and make it a better place, and we want the, the errors of that of their views and their the system that they believe in to be harmed. But we don't want to – I don't want to like take a. I mean, it'd be pointless. And so, in in defense of my wife, it's like it is a bit, uh, like I don't know, um, trivial or juvenile in a way. But I still think it's. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I don't. I'm not. Yeah. Who cares? Unfortunately, we can't dismantle their system right now. So in the meantime, I can like, you know, wish terrible thoughts on like 
the infinitely wealthy. Yeah, and say, and, oh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you had a horrible divorce. Probably wasn't even horrible. Who knows? You know what her husband? Yeah, no, I imagine it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like this is going to cost me five million dollars. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, to, and just to um, wrap this up and point to something that we're involved in, um, guess what her husband does? I have no idea what. Well. We share something in common with him, and I'm sure... Oh, he's a nurse? No, 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 no. I'm sure we could talk to him uh, and have a couple... Uh, he has a know. podcast. No, he was did something with the internet, made a bunch of money, who knows. Now, he is trying to write a novel. And just oh, living God. off her money. <laughs> and maybe his money, Good too. Good for him. Good for that guy. I <laughs> hope he's like an actual... Um, you, you know, I hope he's a good writer. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Ghosts of Manhattan and the Means. Ooh, look at that. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Well, now, see, I don't know if I want him to be a good author. Because, you know, I don't... Does she I'm need any more success? Her, like, funding, like, a good author to be produced. You know, if there's, like, a good author there and he's just, like, uh, you know, we, the rich of... If know, he's setting, like, novels in the 1930s where the boss is, like, breaking the heads of, like, striking UAW workers. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. But if it's just, like you know uh, uh, upper class New Yorkers that are you know getting poisoned by shrimp cocktail or something like I don't want to you know so I mean he's uh, it's funny he went to, uh, he's from Philly oh and look at that and then he became a management consultant in Booz Allen Hamilton unlikely uh, he's a uh, left wing laborite type yeah no I would assume not but you never know yeah um uh, yeah well there you go alright he I guess somebody could read his book. It seems to have gotten some good good accolades. Yeah, don't read it, so. Okay, thank you for listening. Um, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Phyllis T. And I also want to thank my wife for being freaking awesome the last month and actually making it more difficult for me to kind of rib her. You know, kind of play around and kid with her because... Uh, she was so freaking amazing that um, it's going to be harder for me to do that now because she's more superhuman. I mean, she could get on my nerves too, but she's been freaking awesome. So thank you, wife. Okay, uh, stay warm, and hopefully the weather will be warmer soon. Bye. on Facebook at facebook.com slash PRC show or follow us on Tumblr at prcshow.tumblr.com. All of these episodes can be found at soundcloud.com slash PRC show. Your host is Paul Robert Cooley Jr. Technological consultant, sound design, host curation, and music production is also by Paul Robert Cooley. Emotional support brought to you by the roommates of Salvador and Kate G. Executive producer Josh Ferris, all labors donated. Thanks for listening.